All right, guys, welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. This is your host, Hunter McWaters. And today I have a really cool show for you, a little bit different, another kind of a little bit outside the box show, but very interesting conversation. Um, and um, one of my favorite ones I've recorded probably to this point. So um, a couple weeks back, I did a podcast with Timothy Alberino. Um, and that one did really well, especially on YouTube, and it got some great response. Um, and, you know, I kind of want to branch out a little bit. You know, obviously, I want to stay true to my audience and, and talking about hunting and stuff like that. But also, you know, I, I want to, with the podcast specifically, branch out into some other um, topics that interest me and that I feel are important and I think that resonate with, with you guys as well. Um, you know, whether they be, you know, alternate history or, um, you know, some fringe biblical topics or um, just uh, even some more just kind of conservative topics that I find interesting. I kind of want to branch into those just to, you know, I feel it's important to use uh, what small platform I have to bring light to things that I think are important and just interest me. So I hope you guys enjoy. Um, But my guests today are fellow podcasters and they host one of my favorite podcasts, which is not a hunting podcast, um, but sometimes you got to get outside the box. And um, their podcast is called Blurry Creatures, and it's a super interesting show. They talk about, you know, they talk about Bigfoot, aliens, giants, Nephilim, all these kind of interesting, fun, alternate history, uh, fringe topics, you know, um, that the mainstream narrative doesn't <laughs> want you to know about. Um, but I feel are important. So, um, it's today's podcast is with Nate and Luke, the hosts of the blurry creatures podcast. Great conversation, tons of fun. I hope you guys enjoy it. They're really cool guys. And the other thing that's really cool about their show is they want to bring truth and shed light on these fringe topics, but they do it all from a, like with a biblical worldview. They're Christian guys. And I know, you know, if you start getting into this and this stuff, like some people go off into new age or weird stuff, but these guys don't, you know, we keep it, like I said, in a biblical framework, Um, but we're not, you know, we're not afraid to ask the tough questions and look at the the weird stuff. So a great show. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I had a great time talking to these guys and definitely check out their podcast as well, Blurry Creatures. Um, In the meantime... I want to give a few more shout-outs for some folks that left me written reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening, Justin Jablonski, <laughs> Jay Melch, or Melky85, and Elk Chaser. Thank you guys for leaving me a written review on Apple. If you want to get a shout-out and get some swag... Go ahead and leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts. And then if you just heard your name called out, shoot me a message on Instagram. Leave me your uh, mailing address and I'll drop something in the mail for you. I appreciate the support. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to one one more time remind you guys to check out the Hunter's Quest TV show on the Sportsman channel. The best time to catch those episodes will be Monday morning at either 6.30 a.m. or 11.30 a.m. Eastern or... Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. Um, those are my main three air times for the Hunter's Quest TV show. I've been working really hard on it. It's a great show. Um, it's, it's all about DIY Western hunting from an East Coaster's perspective and try to 
inform and help inspire guys that uh, it is possible and it's doable. If I can do it, you can do it. And it's a really great show. I'm really happy with the quality of the production I've been able to achieve. And I've been working really hard. So I'd really appreciate your support. If you watch Monday, 6.30 a.m. or 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time or 12 noon on Saturday on the Sportsman channel, uh, you can get Sportsman on Roku or Fubo or you know satellite or cable. Um, also, it will go onto the My Outdoors TV app after it runs. And then later down the road, I will also release them digitally on YouTube, but that won't be till early 24. So hope you guys will take the time to seek out that content. Check out the TV show. Let me know what you think. As always, I appreciate your support. You know, please go ahead and go over to YouTube, search my name, Hunter McWaters, and subscribe. Uh, search me on Instagram at the Hunter's Quest and uh, follow along there. And as always, share with friends and family. Help me get the word out about this podcast and the TV show. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate y'all's support. And uh, enjoy this episode with the Blurry Bros. All right, see you on the next one. Welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. This is your host, Hunter McWaters. And today I'm joined by... Two guys whose voice I've heard a lot, but I haven't ever met until now. So that would be Luke and Nate from Blurry Creatures. How are you guys doing? Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Good to be here. <laughs> it is funny when you, uh, like I've listened to pretty much every episode of y'all's podcast, I think to this point. And um, wow. it's, uh, it's funny when you like see the actual person you're actually talking to them. <laughs> Yeah, I get they, it. I we, get it. We get a lot of funny stories, Nate. Like, uh, what it always comes back to me. Some people think I look, think I'm going to be looking like, um, who are you, the blowfish? Darius Rucker. Darius uh, Rucker. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say like, you match shocked. your voice pretty well. Yeah. I was shocked. He was a, he's, he's a white guy with a beard. And you're like, what? <laughs> I got to say, Nate's, Nate's beard is intimidating me. I was not expecting that much beard. It's a, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. I just sit. I just sit in a hole and edit all day, and my beard grows. So uh, yeah, you know, there's a squirrel. There's a squirrel living in there for a while. Yeah, too. There was. There was. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, listeners out there, um, Nate and Luke have an awesome podcast, which I've referenced before uh, in the past, called Blurry Creatures. I actually found you guys, ironically, from a friend named Luke. We were out on a hunt, actually, in the back country of Idaho. Um, place that you guys talk a lot about but um and he's like what do you think about like the end times and like the megaliths and stuff and i was like i don't know i don't know man like i don't really think about it i just try to do i just try to be like good with god and then just not worry about it because it's it can be a deep dark hole for me like especially if i start going down like the prepper route and i like don't know where to stop Mm -hmm. so i kind of like don't go too far down that rabbit hole but i love what you guys do because um you tackle a lot of issues that the church doesn't want to tackle, um, but you do it through a biblical um, framework instead of like a new agey or like weird witchcrafty stuff. But you talk about supernatural stuff. And I, for a long time, I felt like one of the main reasons you see so many people in our generation leaving the church and going after new age and witchcraft and stuff like that is because they know there's a supernatural, they know there's spiritual experiences or, you know, however you want to frame it, but they go into 90% of churches, maybe not 90, but somewhere along there and they don't see the supernatural. So then they start looking elsewhere. So 
appreciate what you guys are doing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why we started the podcast because we felt the similar, you know, there was, there were all these conversations that weren't being had. And instead of just uh, doing a lot of searching and diving on or not, I thought, I thought, let's just document it. Let's just, let's just document our journey. Yeah. And it very much is a journey podcast. And, and I think we didn't realize kind of some of the roads it would take <laughs> us, but you know, if, if you really want to know and you really want to take one, you know, one show leads to another and one road goes down to another trail and you're like, oh man, I didn't think this was going to be here, but here it is. I, I guess let's walk down it. Yeah. And it gets strange, but it's, it's helped a lot of people. And I think the, the beauty of a podcast is, is it's just two people and you can take a lot of people with you on that journey. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of people that can say no or stop you from doing that, right? There's not... You're not going to get fired and you're not going to get censored. You just are like, hey, this is yeah, this is where it's going. I think a lot of the church is afraid of these topics because people might leave or people might call you crazy or or say you're lying or whatever it is they, they do. And there's just so many hands in the pot of a church and an organization that, that a podcast just doesn't have to deal with. So it's been really helpful for us yeah. to to not have any of that system to – to kind of censor us for sure. And you talked about it being a journey and like, it really, like people say that all the time, but like, if you go back to y'all's like early episodes, like I love, like Luke was like, so I feel like Luke was like so huh. skeptical in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Like didn't even want to like, I don't know, Bigfoot. I don't know. And then mm -hmm. I, cause I was the same way. I was like, okay, maybe there's some kind of giant ape we haven't discovered yet. Maybe, but this other stuff, no way. And like going through the whole, like, podcast library with you guys is like now i'm like nothing's impossible bro <laughs> <laughs> you and me both I, listen i think i'm still I've, i think it's healthy to have a healthy amount of skepticism for sure um but you know it is a journey we've been on this you know nate put in a lot more hours than i did on the front end when it came to bigfoot and you know he famously tells a story about you know remodeling houses spending ten thousand hours listening to bigfoot podcasts and you know they bring on theologians right so then you find this weird it's a weird insertion of yeah. of doctors and experts on the Bible talking about a cryptid, and 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 I think that's something that listen. I, I think we live in a time, and what you kind of just you talked about before, um, where we are supernatural beings. We have a spiritual aspect to who we are, and I don't think the world is that's not lost on the world, but it feels and sometimes feels lost in the church, which I, which I think is a mm -hmm. fascinating a fascinating juxtaposition because look, we have entertainment and movies and entertainers and target and <laughs> disney and ce and celebrity influencers and yeah. disney influencers that are telling kids how to cast spells and mm -hmm. all this new age supernatural stuff exists and there's a hunger for it obviously because that's wired we're hardwired for this right and the world's providing an answer and yet i i think oftentimes you know and i've said this a ton on the podcast but the christianity and our faith if you, if you call yourself a christian is very much supernatural like we talk about oh, yeah. a you know a virgin a virgin birth we talk about god incarnate we talk about a resurrected messiah mm -hmm. you know when you go back to genesis 6 where our podcast really finds an epicenter and a lot of the, all of the cryptid stuff and a lot of actually a lot of the things that we we can would be called paranormal by the world and it's a very 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 supernatural in fact the ancients never had a delineation it was always very much intertwined with with the physical right and but you know, and so I, I think in some ways our our modern church is lagging behind. Now, 
that's not not to be a condemnation or a broad brush, but I think a lot of it's uncomfortable because we live in a, a you know a post enlightenment, um, very academic, um, you know, scientific method, empirical paradigm, mm-hmm. and some of these things are hard to measure. But you know, back to your original original thought there. I, th- I think one of the things that, that one of one of my heroes in this process is Dr. Michael Heisler, who we lost this year. And one of the things he said was so impactful to me, I think it was our episode 34. And this thing he repeated a lot, his mantra a lot was that if just one of these encounters is true, yeah, then you have to, then it breaks the paradigm. You have to expand your paradigm to encompass this. And, and, and I think that's across the board. And I think we more than ever in, in the day and time we live in, Hunter, we you know, we, we see the the Senate and, and House committees talking about UAPs or UFOs. Yeah. We have that still thousands upon thousands of sightings of, of this gigantic ape cryptid in, in the United <laughs> States and across the world, right? In, in right. Bigfoot. And then you have everything in between, you know, from sort of the niche, let's say the niche cryptids, like a, like a mm-hmm. dogman or a goatman, but these things continue to happen. And so yeah. if that happens to you personally... And how, how do you rationalize that or how do you contextualize that? And mm-hmm. so I think what we were trying to do really for our, I think in some ways for our own understanding and also mm-hmm. because people came along was to try to say, Hey, we're Christians. We want to, we want to contextualize this through the, the biblical lens, understand this through our faith. You know, is our faith, will it stand up? Does it hold up to some of these things that seemingly in some ways would seem to be like, you know, an antithesis or, or, or counter to our faith. And yet here we are, if you go back and, and look at the writings of Moses. Um, you you look at the things in the Old Testament, and you go, man, they there was crazy things happening yeah. from fly, flying serpents to you know ang- angelic progeny in the Nephilim, and and so I there's a basis for it, and and we're just trying to talk about those things because because I think it matters, you know, and and, yeah. I, and I think people have an interest for it, obviously to do because mainstream now is talking about it, and they're marketed to our children and to the adults that there are ways to interact with this thing, this, this realm. Yeah. And you have shows like ancient aliens that are sure. There you go. Yeah. 20 episodes in and people Mm -hmm. are starting to, I mean, every time I'm at a barbecue now and someone asks me what I do, I'm I'm surprised. And I start telling them like a little bit what I do and they go, Oh, Oh yeah. I love ancient aliens. (laughs) And they're, and they get into it and they're, and they really do believe a lot of the lies of ancient aliens, you know? Right. Stuff that Mike Heiser blew holes through, right? Yeah. That a lot of that, which stuff... is in a nutshell, that aliens like created humans or create is that basically what's, yeah, Sitchin's work and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like it was You're all a music guy. You remember the band Guar? Yeah, too. Yeah. Remember. remember their backstory? They accidentally created the human race by having sex with chimps. <laughs> I don't remember them. That was I, their I, backstory. Oh, really? <laughs> dude, I remember Guar played in Chico. Dude, they like, really in college. Movie. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Guar. That's a weird. That's a weird rabbit hole. But um, <laughs> Guar. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That. So I mean, I and I'm the same way. Like I've been since I've kind of gone on this journey with you guys, and I actually I had Alberino on the podcast, and that thing like blew up. Um and uh, and he's a cool dude. But oh yeah, I've been like, it's like, you know, when you first get saved and. I'm not likening this to being saved. They're different, but you know, when you first get saved and like you start talking to people and you just can't help, but like just go there, like and talk to them about Jesus. Like for the last couple of like weeks, like when I start talking to people, I'm just like, yeah, you ever heard of the Nephilim bro? (laughs) (laughs) And I just like, and I just like go on this like 45 minute rant about how it's all like everything's connected and it's just, it's wild. 
Yeah, it's it's it is inspiring. It does inspire a lot of conversations, and it definitely <laughs> inspires. It's inspired a lot of podcasts, as as Luke yeah. and I have found, as a lot of people want to talk about it and get into it, which is a whole nother uh, a beast in itself. But yeah, I mean, if you've seen something weird, or you've had some sort of demonic experience, or you've heard of a supernatural story, and you're curious, then like Luke said earlier, you know our faith should be able to stand side by side with these weird experiences. And there shouldn't be the separation of like, Oh, this challenges my faith because like we've heard a thousand times on our show that, you know, once this alien reveal this UFO, they tell us exactly what the narrative is. It's going to crush a lot of people's faith because, you know, they never had, they never couldn't include some of these things in their paradigm. So it's going to be yeah. really challenging for them. To, well, how do I believe in Christ in this biblical story and all this alien stuff that's going on? And it's going to be hard for a lot of people, but if they've been listening to shows like ours, I don't think it's going to be difficult at all. They're going to, the difficult thing is going to be like, okay, what, what is true going on right now versus I, you know, I think these things are happening, but what's deception, what's a psyop and what's actually going on. That's, yeah. that's more like what we tackle. It's not, we don't sit around and debate if these things are happening. We're just trying to give people context of like, okay, they are happening. What are they? Are they, you know what is a demon? Is it all demonic? Well, it is demonic, but what? It, but you know, it's it's more complex than that. Mm -hmm. There there are creatures. There is and there are entities. There is a hierarchy of of darkness, and it's not just. And there's a hierarchy of angelic beings too, and all all that comes with all, these two kingdoms. Yeah, basically, that's what the biblical story really is. It's a, it's a war between these two kingdoms, and I don't know where the church went different in communicating that to its followers and people who. Who read the, the read the Bible? It's it's like somewhere along the line we we got off track and people just like went went to sleep about how this it starts with this war it starts with these characters and then we sort of edited them out of the the story and then yeah a lot of people got confused and so I think Luke and I just talking about this we've been surprised about how many people's faith have been reinvigorated because we just decided to include the characters in the story and and not be afraid to talk about it and yeah. so we've, we've kind of had a little bit of an, an interesting niche and it's kind of grown and it's become something that we never thought would get as big as it has and it's sometimes there's growing pains where we're just like trying to keep up like i yeah. just i just finished a long day of editing and putting out this week's episode so it's and you know you get you get really into these rabbit holes and sometimes you don't know what to think you're like man and people send us a lot of stuff and and they ask yeah. us our opinions on it and we're just like we're just two dudes you know so mm -hmm. we don't always know we don't have the answers we're just we're looking as much as you are we got ideas though nate we got ideas yeah <laughs> luke's got movie quotes that's for sure got a lot of yeah this is orange <laughs> county right um no but i i think back to the ancient aliens things and the important point is that this show at this time has hundreds and hundreds of millions of views right and what I think is fascinating about that is that it really is just kind of a twist on the truth, right? Mm. You have you have these aliens showing up and teaching humans about civilization and technology, right? Which all of this exists in in the biblical narrative. If you look at Genesis six and and, and Watchers and think about extraterrestrials, I mean, this is what we kind of do sometimes is talk about semantics, right? Yeah. Like technically speaking, and I'm sure Tim talked about this because. This is where you know Tim lives in this space, and it's found in his, you know, the way that he is theorized and explains a lot of this. I think is 
is super compelling, and, and we love Tim. And for we're going sure. to Peru. We're going to Peru with Tim at the, at the end of the end of this month. I know, I'm jealous. So, <laughs> but I, I think that's interesting, right? Because technically, the angelic rays, angels, they are not of Earth. They would be right. by definition extraterrestrial. I'm sure Tim went through this, but I, I think it's that's fascinating, right? Because totally. I, there's a hunger for understanding, and there, but there's also this, which is no accident. There is this disposition against Christianity. And so when you provide an answer that includes this stuff and sort of the Hollywood alien thing, yeah, it's very, very, very close to what we find in the text. It just is anti-Christian, right? It, it, and in some ways, in many ways, it's the Sumerian and the Babylonian um, religion, right? Where the serpent is now the creator God, now Yahweh. And so you have... It's old. Deceptions are as old as they get. And I think yeah. you put Graham Hancock in the same bucket because Graham has a ton of things he's super right about. But when you get to the Bible, he hates the Bible. Hmm. He can't do giants and he can't do the Bible. He hates it passionately. And it's like, dude, you're on this. You're talking about these you know, enlightened beings, these, these travelers that come and teach technology and teach you know, civilization. You're like, this is this is the Watchers of, of yeah. Gen Six. This is an expose on on one Enoch. Like th- this is, these are things that were very much believed by the ancients. That yeah, that and read cross the text culturally as well. Culturally, yes. And so you know, and then and as Nate said earlier, one of the things I loved about Heiser and Dr. Michael Heiser, and we talk about him probably way too much, but he's literally one of the dudes that that just trailblazed this entire thing is, is he poked all the holes in, in, in this with the Anunnaki and all the things in ancient aliens and said, none of this is true, right? Because not even in, in the actual Euteritic and Sumerian and, and Babylonian, all these, these ancient civilizations, they ever have these, these beings come from another planet or yeah. this was all very much, a, you know, a almost of an L Ron Hubbard type expose on what these people wanted to believe about, but not actually what any of the, the cuneiform or the tablets or the yeah. inscriptions actually said. So yeah, I, I think it's interesting, right? And I think maybe that's some of the, some of why Nate and what Nate and I are doing is resonating and not, we don't want to toot our own horn ever or pat us on the back, but because there's a hunger for this, obviously with hundreds of millions of people watching ancient aliens, if you're a Christian, like how, how do you put this, you know, within the fences of your faith? And, and yeah. we're saying expand your fences, expand your, as Jesus said, it's a it's a wineskins, right? You got it. You can't put new wine into old wineskins. And, and yeah. I'm not that, I don't, that can sound sacrilegious. I don't mean that in in any way when he's talking about his message in the gospel. But the idea there is a paradigm, right? You have to increase your paradigm. You have to you have to expand it mm-hmm. in order to. And, and guess what, man? It it's all there. And, yeah. and I think that's one of the fascinating things. If, if you look for it, it is. And it's just been, you know, as Nate and I talk about, it's been systematically either erased or you get diverted away from it or yeah, movie quotes, right? It's the uh, usual suspects, the greatest yeah. trick the devil ever played. Was convinced yeah. the world didn't exist, right? It's the mm-hmm. idea that we totally. don't don't live in a supernatural paradigm that we aren't spiritually wired or spirit or super, you have a spiritual aspect to our our human beingness, and oh, that's true, man. Yeah, right? and 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 that's an ancient people. You know, they didn't have this agnostic kind of mentality. Yeah. You know, that's they, maybe the most dangerous lie there is, is that there is no devil because just like with an addiction, like the first step to stopping an addiction is to recognize you have a problem. If you can't recognize that evil and demonic influence is real, how can you address it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And ancient people all believed in God. It's just yeah. who's who's God? My God versus your God. There wasn't an, a belief problem that we have right. now. And I think that's a lot of the the dueling narratives, right? You have and you look in the Old Testament and that's what you see. You know, you see these 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 wars happening. And I think a lot of modern people are afraid of that because they think that if they start going down those rabbit holes, wait a minute, there's more than there's more than just God and angels and humans. Yeah, yeah there's a lot more. And uh and you and you can't be afraid of that. And we don't have a lot of like, you know, it's not the Bible doesn't give us a lot of detail on this stuff. That's why there's a lot of speculation and people talking about it because the Bible's like more of a highlight reel of of important things that happen to help you understand right. you know what's going on and what's what's coming next and you know there's there's all these years of people major biblical characters doing things that we don't know what they're doing and you know right yeah Moses wasn't keeping a journal yeah. 40 years in the, in the wilderness being like, today we didn't really do anything. Sat around, yeah. my sandals were dusty, right? I mean, that's really how it went. Right. <laughs> and the Bible will say things crazy, like, you know, well, and then they killed this giant and they kept rolling on. And, and then modern people are like, wait, 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 a giant? Okay, yeah. how did, where did the giants come from? Right. Is that just a metaphor? They actually were killing giants? And you're like, yeah, they did. A lot, actually. And, they, yeah. and, and, the, and the writers didn't assume that people, you know, thousands of years later would be highly skeptical. Right. So they didn't take the time to explain, you know, all the lead up like we would need today, you know? Right. And we said this Which a lot is, on our show. Like, it's like if you and I were having a conversation, I said, hey, man, text me after the show. I'm, I'm not going to spend the next 30 minutes explaining what a text message yeah. is, you know? Right. <laughs> but, you know, 100 years ago, no one would know what you're talking about. And yeah. then 100 years from now, no one will know what you're talking about. Just right now, we know what a text message is. And... And I think you have to think about that and think the same way when you're reading the Bible is that there, there's terms that are dropped and they just keep rolling. Yeah. And I mean, even just like Genesis 6 where it kind of it all starts, when you read it, it's so brief and kind of quick. Uh, I think a lot of people, they're able to kind of mentally just like, eh, like skip past that yeah. and just like ignore it because I did that a little bit myself. Or kind of be like, oh, that's weird. I wonder what that means eh, and keep going because it's just so brief, but um, it's so important when you dig in there. Yeah. I love it. So yeah, um, I also think oh, one, one other point, Nate, I, I think it's interesting. I was just, I've been thinking about this lately uh, is that I think that this whole environment that we're talking about is pretty uniquely Western and, and first world as well. Right. Because one of the things we talked about, we had an episode on miracles. I think it was fascinating. We talked about it. We talked about with, 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 with Dr. Craig Keener is that, it's different in, in the developing world, right? Sub-Saharan Africa, for example, the, most everyone there has, has a very supernatural paradigm, right? You've got witch doctors mm -hmm. that do X, Y, Z, and you have these territorial spirits and you have these gods that, that is to get rural and even, even in South and in, in, in more rural places in South America. And so it, it, it's fascinating to me that just this, this almost, intellectual bubble that we've created smart in, in the west yes too smart for <laughs> which is uh in and of itself could be an entire episode of the why yeah so yeah no i love it like um i do i do want to hear before we jump in too much further i want to hear just a little bit i am kind of interested in you guys personally as well so um just brief backstory maybe um from each of you and, and then how you kind of you don't have to go into super detail but how you kind of came to what you're doing now um and maybe start with uh, start with Luke, and then how you got with connected with Nate, and how you guys yeah. kind of started this whole journey. 
Yeah, Nate and I actually know of each other and probably hung out in the same places since the early 2000s. Uh, we're both okay. from Nor- we're both from from California, Northern okay. California. Uh, Nate went to went to Slow San Luis Obispo, went to Chico State, and we Is had anywhere friends- near a Weed, California. It's all south of Weed. But yeah, okay. so I had basketball. I spent a little time in Weed, in in California, school. back in my music days. <laughs> Weed's like north, northeast, like kind of. There's not a lot there, man. Heard, there's yeah. a studio there that Sylvia Massey, the producer. Have you heard of her, Nate? Yeah. We yeah. I did I recorded an EP at her studio and spent like two weeks in Weed, California. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, not a lot that, there. It's a pretty good diner if I remember. But that was, yeah. that was like that was like late nineties. That's when I was it. There in high school. Anyway. Yeah. I diverge. Funny yeah, name. no, we're, that's what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they sell a lot of merch and weed. That's for sure. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's, it's true. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we've known, you know, I had a friend that played in his band. Nate, Nate will tell you a story about having it, about, you know, being in music for the, for the time that he was. And, um, but you fast forward, you know, we had, we had mutual crossover friends and bands that, that I was friends with and even went on tour with, not, not as a touring musician, but just, it brought me along as a knucklehead to run security or just hang out or whatever. Um, it wasn't when there was a scene, right? Early two thousands, there was the whole emo scene. Yeah, people, kids still wanted to have bands. They weren't like just making electronic lock. music. Oh, it goes yeah. like this: girl jeans. <laughs> oh yeah, girl jeans and, th- and thrift store shirts, right? Um, yeah. But you know, I, I uh, both being California kids, I came to Nashville in um, two thousand thirteen, and Nate was already here. I know that, and we, you know, we connected over Twitter of all things. Um, mm-hmm talking about bigfoot and i think we we've been friends so we were kind of in some ways kind of back and forth following i actually hit a podcast previous to this one that he that he did with uh a friend of ours matt mcdonald who had a band had a band as well and i was actually on the podcast at one point so we had these points of connection Mm. and then before blurry creatures i had a podcast with my brother it was a sports variety show called sports related and um we did really well but we retired it for um some political reasons and gotcha um and I guess no, I gotta ask for just for my my audience's sake, who's your brother? Oh man, Jordan Rogers. <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah. Answer. We did a podcast together, so <laughs> he's SEC Network now. So he's uh, SEC Nation. That's part of the reason we know we longer had a podcast. ESPN redid his deal, and they wanted kind of oh, okay. Who kind of wanted to convince us to do what they wanted us to do kind of have creative control and yeah. it was right in the middle of a lot of controversial things that we did not want to promote or talk about um including the whole con kaepernick thing so we were like mm. let's just retire we'll just retire it and so funny enough and it was 2020 and i'd given up on doing new year's resolutions for a long time um because he always fail at them so i just started writing <laughs> like here's some goals for the 2020 and that's better one was i want to do another podcast and i had an idea for a podcast that i wanted to do and um on my own and i kind of started doing that and then nate re- i tweeted something about bigfoot or nate did i can't remember <laughs> how it went and so he re- or he replied to my tweet on bigfoot because i always loved uh finding bigfoot kind of poked fun at because i never found anything right um but i love the show so much so that like i think for like 10 years my mom has previous to this had bought me like a bigfoot mug or shirt for my stocking you know at christmas and so this is not like a, it wasn't a new thing it just would became a thing and nate reached out and said hey you're gonna do a podcast about Bigfoot. I was like, yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about it. I was like, I want to do this. Nice. And it would just be, you know, I thought here's my creative outlet, you know, working a corporate job. And, uh, that is, that's kind of how, how it started. And I didn't really know what I was getting into. I knew that I liked 
all this stuff was fascinating to me. I've always been into it. Like whether it be, I like to learn. Yeah. Ultimately, I really like to learn. I like I like to read. I'm reading more now than I than I have in the past. And, I, you know, I'm curious about stuff, including, you know, the weird stuff and the unexplained stuff, and and put Bigfoot in that pot. And so, that's kind of how it happened. I don't think Nate and I thought anything more than this would be a fun outlet nate nate had a, had his vision for it and he just brought me into it i mean really it's it was he had this idea he had a logo made he had nice he'd been he'd been marinating and cooking this idea baking this idea in his ginger brain and <laughs> he, just, he, he added me to it so uh, love uh it. it's been fun it's been an unbelievable just journey and learning and understanding and kind of expanding my, my faith like really growing my instructing my own faith and and it's just funny like you know how god works it, it we seem to just be addressing and and a lot of the things that in that are are becoming mainstream talking points and when that happens it's it's amazing to have a, that perspective of being a christian and and having answers for that right mm-hmm. um better answers as we say on the podcast sometimes so i'll, I'll defer to nate now but yeah. that's that's really cool. my story yeah yeah i mean I've tr- I try not to hit all the things that Luke already said, but um, it had me go first. That's the problem. <laughs> you're the- <laughs> I, I have a pretty good memory, a decent memory. Of what you just said, I'll, I'll 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 try. But yeah, I grew up in Northern California, Sacramento area. I started you know playing in local bands in high school. Went to San Luis Obispo, started a band. I uh, did that for about almost a decade. What was your band? What band were you in? I was in a band called Sherwood. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, nice. We you know we were. We were kind of like if 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 punk rock had a high school, we were like freshmen. You know, we were <laughs> we made it, we got in, but we weren't we weren't a big deal, but we weren't not a deal. We were kind of, and we never really could make a living doing it because every dollar went right back in. We had to constantly tour to make any money. Yeah, and um, it's a tough life. Yeah, it was a tough life. We you know we got as big as like five six hundred cap rooms. It was pretty cool. I mean, it was we got to go to a bunch of countries, and I, I got to travel a lot as a young kid and see a lot of things and live out a dream that I had since I was just a young kid going to see Christian bands play and you know packed out little like BW. Go see Carmen and, and Michael W. Smith, just little yeah. Nate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I wanted to be in a band, and I and I sort of was like the Rudy Rudiger of, of musicians. I taught myself how to sing and play and. Cool. And just sang in my car for years, and then all of a sudden I was on stage singing. And then you know we we got to play some cool events. We got to play like Lollapalooza and and Summerfest and some of these bigger places. We got to go to the UK and uh, three or four times, and went to Japan. And it was it was nuts. It was it was a really wild experience. Got to rub shoulders with a lot of my heroes in the music business. Mm-hmm. A lot of bands that I, I grew up idolizing. I was talking to backstage, and I was just like, "This is crazy, man." I used to love your, you know, I you're the reason i'm here right now and they're like oh that's weird you know and and uh but eventually you know you kind of saw those guys' careers kind of die out and then your career kind of dies out and then nobody really goes forever and uh well some dudes do but um you know what i mean it's like it's really rare for a band to continue to make great music oh, yeah. and great records sure. and most of them are just living off of that one album yeah if, if they're still going it's a really tough business and a weird business but uh it is so left left the music business was in my 30s and just all of a sudden found myself being alone after not being alone for a decade and uh, and so podcasts kind of be filled the void hmm. so, and then i just didn't know what to listen to but i wasn't really looking for 
I was looking for something specific, very interesting flavor to keep me going. So kind of like creepy stories about Bigfoot and then some spooky stuff of the supernatural, but mostly in the Bigfoot range. It was just spooky enough. It was just it was just fascinating. And I could listen to it for hours as I was doing drywall and painting and, and electrical stuff and kind of remodeling a couple houses. And eventually, you know, I began to change like, okay, I, I think it's more than just an animal. There's something else going on here. Hmm. And man, these stories are weird and bizarre. And then, you know, all my Christian faith began to finally come to the surface of when people started saying, well, this could be a product of Genesis 6 rebellion. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> you know, and I, and I had been involved in like Campus Crusade, Young Life. I, mm-hmm. I worked at a camp, ironically called Mount Hermon. I, uh, you know, I was I was in and out of all these different spheres of Christianity. Toured a lot of Christian bands. We'd have a lot of debates backstage about all kinds of stuff. Right? I was just I couldn't escape my faith, even if I wanted to. It was it was mm-hmm. just right there, and I was always around Christians and in different types of Christians and groups. And so this was just so new to me, but it answered so many questions that all these people had my whole life. And in these debates and these questions i had friends losing their faith because they couldn't understand why god would do this and that and i never really had great explanations i just didn't lose my faith but i always thought that's a good point i don't know i don't know why god did that i don't know why these things happened um but genesis 6 and and this these theologians started to answer like oh well maybe bigfoot's related to this but oh this not only solves this bigfoot itch it also helps me understand some of my deeper issues with my own faith, like things that I have a hard time believing or understanding. And so that was the moment I was like, okay, got to do a podcast about this because if I, I'm not alone here, there's a lot of people out there that probably have the same issues that I have yeah. and the same problems um, or the same just roadblocks. And this might be able to help them if it helps me, if nothing else, it, it'll just be fun to document the journey. So then 2019 had the logo designed mm-hmm. and it was a good six months of just kind of waiting because um, I, I knew in the band world, like you don't just launch because you want to launch, you wait. You wait for it to be right, the right time, and you do it the right way. Hmm. And I'm glad I did, and I feel like God kind of, I remember when Luke said yes, it was like, I had a feeling like Luke was, Luke, Luke was supposed to do it with me, and it just felt like something that God sort of put us together, and I don't really think, you know, we we kind of knew each other, but we didn't, you know, so it was good. I think in some ways it's, it's good to start a creative project. Sometimes starting a creative project with your best friend is the worst thing you can do because you know each other too well, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we were very respectful of each other his time, my time. And and it it helped us get the thing rolling. We didn't, we didn't flake on each other. We were like serious about, okay, I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And as you know, a podcast is a is a weird, strange marriage, and it's, a, it's a, <laughs> and it's it's a five year journey if you ever make it right. Yeah, um, you're ever gonna. And a lot of people just get into it like, oh, I'll just talk to my. But Luke was serious about it, and I was serious about it, and it was it was a great recipe, and it and I think that we had, um, we had all the things in place to to sort of launch out and and you know the logo and the website and all that other stuff. But I think there was a little bit of a chemistry there that we had and. For sure. Started tell, talking to some guys that were kind of under, under underground theologians and people knew them. They had some books, maybe some movies, DVDs and stuff. But I think we kind of put all this 80s alien UFO, Stranger <laughs> Things-esque into a Christian kind of boat or DeLorean, actually, and just kind of <laughs> shoot it out there. And it's, yeah. and it's it's 
we're, we're kind of blown away. We don't take ourselves too serious, but we, we try to have fun. Yeah. The, but the topics are really serious. So that's kind of the, the long winded history of, of the podcast and kind of how it came to be. But it was a lot then of, we're, then we're kids of the eighties, Nate. So it has a, yeah. has an eighties flair to it, which. How old are you fun. guys? 42. Okay. One. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm 36. So I, I made it just into the eighties, 87. So good to have you. Glad to have you on <laughs> here. No, but yeah, I mean, uh, you guys do a great job, and I think definitely it's it feels like the Lord has His hand on the project, and it's had really big reach. So that's really cool. And something you guys always do when you have a guest on is you ask what their thoughts on Bigfoot are. And, yeah, so uh, Hunter, so, so Hunter, <laughs> let's turn the tables here. Why not? Okay, <laughs> we're all podcasters. Okay, I like uh, it. This is not blurry creatures, but welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> We'd love to hear your thoughts on Bigfoot. We hear okay. from most people. There's only been a few people as, as we as we go down through the annals. There's only been a few people that have had no thoughts. Um, yeah. First one that comes to mind is Tim Mackey. Love Tim. Bible Project. Tim's a great guy. No thoughts. Who else? Yeah. There's a couple other, Nate. Was Today, it? the Miracle episode Craig guy. Craig Keener had no like, thoughts yeah. either. Hey, Craig was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a professor at a seminary. <laughs> don't ask me hard questions. Yeah, we've only had maybe, maybe two or three guys that are yeah. just yeah. like, I don't know. No, and I... I was going to ask you guys, but I'll, I'll answer, I guess, too. But because, um, you know, this is a this start off and it still very much is a backcountry hunting podcast. Right. Yeah. But I kind of really inspired by a lot of stuff you guys were doing. I was like, you know, this stuff is needs to be talked about. And um, I have a tiny, tiny, tiny platform, but I feel like I should use whatever platform I have to kind of expose some of the stuff and talk about it. And I just find it super interesting. So and it's my podcast. So why not? So then I had Alberino on, and then um, I was like, okay, this is cool. So I kind of want to like branch out into some more, you know, different topics and stuff. But I feel like it might resonate a lot with some of my audience too, because probably of anybody, like the people I, my audience, my people, whatever, like spend more time in like Bigfoot country than like anybody in oh, the yeah. world. In the world. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And that so, was the first thought. That was the first thought I had. Is it? Same. Yeah. Like right as I was messaging you, I just got back from ten days in the backcountry of Idaho, um, and spoiler alert, didn't find big guy and <laughs> barely even saw any bears that we were looking for. But um, where were, you, were you guys near the Salmon River? In the Salmon River country. We area? were in the Salmon region area. Actually, we drove oh. through Lador, and I was like. Isn't that from Missing 411? That's like the first episode of Missing yeah. 411 happens in Lador, Idaho, and we drove right through there. Um, so we were like in there and we were, and me and my buddy, he's the same guy who introduced me to y'all's podcast. So we were like listening to like episodes, like on the car ride, like freaking ourselves out. Like we're going to get, you know, walk into a portal or something and just vanish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is, this is, there's like, something we're going to cross- have a podcast Hunter, but he's gone. He's- there's something yeah. crossover themes here because that's hunters is who I was listening to on, on the, the Sasquatch podcast that I was listening to. It was yeah. always the hunters that would come on. That would make me stop what I was doing and go, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, this guy's been in his, in the woods his whole life, and he's having this experience. So there yeah. is this weird crossover, and totally. then missing and then missing four one one, like you said. I mean, hunters should know the stuff's out there, and if you don't even know what you're looking for, you, you're never going to have an experience because that's kind of how Sasquatch is. It's like yeah. he could be right there, and you have no, you're not even thinking about it, right. or the little people. Looking. <laughs> no, but like I'm seriously, glad like you we brought that up. Yeah, yeah. Eyes yeah. yeah. like, are they looking at me? Like, am I acting well in their forest? You know, like, <laughs> Do you leave yeah. my no, gift. Yeah. yeah, no, but um, that was a good episode. But um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I was just thinking. I was like, 
because at first I was kind of like, there's no way a giant animal like that could be in America and like we wouldn't have seen it. But then I started thinking, like, for example, in Idaho, you have one wilderness area that's 2 million acres of wilderness. It's mm-hmm. the largest continuous wilderness in the lower 48. It's called the Frank Church River of No Return Wilderness. Um, and I was thinking, okay, so backcountry hunters, we spend, or we're probably in the top 1% of the American population of people who spend cons- like lots of time in these very remote areas. And even probably the top only five to 10% of that 1% really goes really deep and stays for a really long time. And even those people only go probably maximum, maximum five to on the very top end, like 15 miles in. Um, And so there is a lot. So we're just scratching the surface is all I'm trying to say. So I do think it is possible. um, So you're saying 90, 99% of hunters don't get 20 miles into the wilderness. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm talking about roadless areas, areas you have to physically hike in because think about it. Like I train all year to be able to carry seven days of food and camp, like into the mountains on my back. And it's hard. And most people don't want to do that. They can't do it. Um, There are guys who go in like even deeper if you have horses and stuff. Uh, We don't, but yeah, it's uh. Like, even the hardcore of the hardcore guys don't go, usually, if they're going on foot, more than, like, 10 miles. That's good. That's good to know because I didn't even think about it, like, in terms of how far they, they traverse. And I remember mm-hmm. driving from Boise, Idaho to Seattle on the road. I probably drove that 35 times in in, in, the, in our career. And it's a it's an all-day drive. It's a 10-hour drive. And you don't really see anything from Boise <laughs> to Seattle. Yeah. You go through uh that one town in Oregon. Uh can't remember the name of it, LaGrange or something. LaGrand? I don't know. Anyway. Portland, sure. <laughs> well Portland's Portland's more west. Yeah. I'm talking but, like Boise all the way up. <laughs> I mean to give you perspective, we spent eight days basically yep. all day looking for bears. We saw two bears like two miles away. Yeah. And so and and bears are very common where we are. Like th- like very common. So all I'm trying to say is, is I lean more onto the side of just an undiscovered, like animal, um, and I, I don't, I don't discount any of the other like weird theories or supernatural connection or thing like that. He might have been some kind of nephilim, nephilim hybrid, or but I just I kind of th- I lean more on the he's like a physical animal that's just very rare and not many of them. But what are you guys' thoughts? That's what I want to know. Oh, I'll go first. I, I think, I think the more the show goes on, all topics on our show, I think you have a wide range of the same creature. I don't, you know, there's a wide range of werewolf creatures. Most people call them on our show Dogman. Seems like there's a weird range there. Um, Sasquatch, same thing. You know, you you see them all over the world, so you don't have just one. They're not, they're not just in North America. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then you have different heights of them all over the world. And temperaments as well. Some of them are more aggressive. Some of them are more chill. Some of them are, you know, sounds like more like demons. And then some sound more like primates. It's, yeah. it's a, totally a wide range. Some of them talk to people. You know, we've had many people come on our show and say they, these things were talking to them in their heads. Not physically talking, like in their minds. Telepathically. So, yeah. yeah what, what is that? Weird. Right? Um, 
and there's all these weird connections to UFOs and strange lights and orbs and other weird stuff. Sounds like out of a, you know, an eighties, you know, (laughs) movie. Right. But it's, but it's, it's hunters and police officers and incredible people having these, telling us these stories and having these encounters. So I think you have all of the above. I think, I think you can't really put Bigfoot in a box and, like a lot of these these topics, you know, same thing goes along with aliens and UFOs and abductions and stuff. It's not just a lot of people, especially Christians, they love to slap it's demons, it's demons. Right. And that's really limiting because what if it's not? And why is there tech involved? Right. And why is there, you know, why is there blood on the ground and tracks in the ground and and clothes removed and other things that the spirits don't seem to be interested in or are part of it right and you have to you have to expand your paradigm a little bit and you have to include the possibility that you know even when it just comes to sasquatch that there could be some that aren't from here and there could be some that are from here i don't know um but yeah you you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to make it angry that's what i know (laughs) for sure don't make it angry (laughs) luke what do you think man yeah, I'm with Nate. I think there's too much weird stuff around it to be just an animal. Like you don't. The thing I would say is if you if you were just to categorically put it next to another animal, like a grizzly bear or mm-hmm. a wolf or anything you find in the forest, you don't have the same kind of stories surrounding encounters with with those. You know what we consider just to be wildlife that they do with with Bigfoot. It's always there's a, there's enough weird there. Or and this is really where the Bigfoot community diverges, right? You have these two roads and. One is it's this uh, you know offshoot Jacantopithecus. It's this undiscovered um, you know North American primate, but it's also all over the world, as Nate said. And but then there's the woo camp, right? And I think that's it's meant to sound a little weird, but there's enough weird encounters with this creature disappearing, as Nate said, orbs, UFOs, um, and as he also said, I think very important is that there's a physicality right even though they can't drag one out of the woods there leaves footprints and breaks trees and yeah sometimes it tips over trailers and sometimes it does crazy stuff and also sometimes there's a ben- like a benevolent bigfoot which is really fascinating do you want to buy the stories that it saves kids from drowning or some of the missing 411 stuff is very fascinating how these kids end up missing and then they show up you know seven nine miles from where they disappeared something they couldn't have actually trekked yeah and they say, "Well, I spent the you know I spent the night with this this bear creature." I'm like that doesn't make any sense. How's <laughs> yeah, that so happen? Weird. Right, but there's something to that, and I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know where you, you know, it's like anything else. Until you pull it out of the forest and put it in a cage and put it on the freak show and, and put it on tour, we don't really know. But I don't know that you can do that. That's the thing. Maybe I've come to. I don't know that you could do that. I don't know that you can pull it out yeah. of the forest. And, and that's an interesting paradigm. You kind of have to be like, what does that mean? And I don't know. I mean. um, as long as in as many of these sightings as we have on an annual basis across the country, and you can look this up, it's online. You can actually figure out to the to the to the number more or less what happens annually. No one's pulled a body, right? You know, and I know there's more elusive creatures that are sighted less. They pull bodies out of the woods. But I think that, so there's just something there weird there. So that's true. I tend to be on the. I mean, we can get remote, and I guess the counter argument with that would be is they discover new animals all the time. Sure. Not this big, yeah. Not unless you're in the ocean and it's it's some depth that we can't get to. Yeah, and no dead like, dead remains or anything like that. Yeah, and so terrestrially speaking, you know, on land, it's true. It's a tough one. It's a tough one to say that 
it's just it just it just keeps on you know eluding us i mean it is not with the amount of sightings that's the thing if we had three sightings a year you know across the country maybe maybe it's just there aren't very many and they're and they're just it just seems to happen too much so i yeah i don't know i i that's kind of where i land is that it's a um you know it could be a yes and something else going on there but there's some physicality there as nate said of the alien thing right yeah there's physicality there too right yeah uh, it's not demonic or it's not a manifestation if an f-18 can lock onto it and it and they crash from time to time that is not supernatural in the sense right. of being able to crash that that is physical and this is this is very much an alberino thing uh, tim is to the extreme everything is very physical yeah very physical and and, and all very um rational in the sense of mm-hmm. you can fly there you can go there um i'm not that not there and i love tim's death i'm not quite there yet but if we're talking about if i'm bringing back to bigfoot there's enough weird stuff around it where i think there's something going on here and then you go to skinwalker ranch my last thing and the ranchers not the not the bigelows and not the new owners that have a tv show but the ranchers that were cattle ranching there have a story of seeing what they call, describe as a portal opening up above the ranch and a bigfoot type creature stepping out of it these are cattle ranchers this is not somebody who bought it right. and working with the government on black projects or trying to do studies we're trying to create a TV show. These are just people that are trying to raise their cattle and the cattle keep getting killed and weird stuff keeps happening and they end up selling the ranch because of it. This is what they say yeah. they see. And probably wouldn't say that because they would be looked at as weirdos or something. Yeah, I mean, this is like Marlboro Man, dude. You're not yeah. going to talk about that, right? I mean, this right. is, you guys, you can smoke your cigs and, you know, take the cattle out. <laughs> um, no, but I, it, yeah, I don't, there's no. something very odd happening. And, and I tend to think that, that perhaps, as Genesis 6, 6 4 says, that all flesh was corrupted. Mm-hmm. And then you you take a look at what happens in the conquest of Joshua and God's passing judgment on the giant clans, yeah. and wiping out all their animals too. It's really yeah, interesting. That's so Why wild, is that happening? Why is that happening? Yeah. Yes. And, that... and I and I think it can go back to there. There was a lot of weird stuff that went on, and perhaps this is a remnant, and that's probably more likely where I kind of land. And yeah, I, it's, been a, stuff, it's been it's... a journey, Hunter. Because it's not yeah, where me I was too. in 2020, <laughs> me too. bro. Like if you if you had jumped to the end and told me some of the stuff that I would be saying right now, yeah. like with no, I'd be like, no, what are you talking about? But yeah, I mean that whole stuff with the whole genocide of the tribes, like yeah. it makes so much sense. And just to give people context who are listening who don't know what we're talking about, um, you know, in the Bible, God command commands these entire races, including animals, to be devoted to destruction. And some people have said maybe they were using dark arts to actually shape shift into animals. And escape somehow, which sounds crazy, but you know, I think there and is or a lot hybridizing more... and or hybridizing. Yeah, right? that's the other thing because we talk we talk about this on the show, Hunter. There's like a lot of mythological creatures that are part human and part animal. Yeah, and and then it's interesting what God does too, right? It's like uh, leave the Moabites alone, uh, push the Canaanites out, but these other ones wipe them out, wipe them out, wipe yeah. them out, wipe them out, and All you go, what's? And this, I think, honestly, this is part of part of what the modern very much wokeish church has a problem with even even in some of the non-woke churches have a problem with is like why would god sanction genocide right and it makes sense you understand everything is a seed war mm-hmm. and genesis 3 being the original messianic you know prophecy mm-hmm. and then understanding what happens in genesis 6 and realizing that like we're talking about humans talking about how yeah, yeah. to keep that pure human dna well, and yes. like it, it it also just really quick sorry nate but like no um if you think about so the power of like witchcraft and evil stuff is real, right? And like there are people operating in it today. But like 
most of those people were probably born in like a Christian or almost Christian house and kind of went off and like maybe you've been looking into it for like three years or something. These people have like for generations, their entire culture and society is like just driving at this. How do we like get deeper into these dark arts? How do we like perfect that? Like mm-hmm, the way mm-hmm. we've done with science, those guys were like jumping into witchcraft and all it's kinds like of Nazi crazy Germany. Yeah. yeah. So like how powerful could they be? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a different ball game well you have you know you have all these stories in the bible too you have things like the sheep and the goats the wheat and the tares mm-hmm. you know you their seed yours my seed right and i think we all heard these things growing up in the church and we always just thought oh that's good people and bad people that's christians and non-christians <laughs> and we had a very elementary view of what that means but i don't know about you but a, a wheat and a tear is a two different two different species it's yeah. two different different DNA. yeah and I think that our show has really exposed that, you know, um, there, there is a war going on between bloodlines and that's where we get it all from. You know, why do we have such obsession in, in ancient history of bloodlines? And it doesn't make any sense if we're all humans, you know, why is Jesus lineage outlined? Mm-hmm. If we're all human beings and Jesus was born a human, why does it even matter where he comes from? Well, it did matter because, you know, and talk about yeah. Noah's Ark and, yeah, and Adam. Yeah. I'd really back to Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why why is God selecting certain animals and putting them on a on a on a on a boat and yeah. then taking a, a, a specific human and and doing it? Is it and Noah being perfect in his generations? Yeah, yeah. There's so yeah, much more wild. going on there, and I think you know we've we've kind of taken 50 slices of a different you know and and formed our own little weird pie of proving a lot of these topics. You know, you can't, and that's the hardest part. You can't prove these things with any one thing you know we've talked about megaliths we've talked about ancient construction we've talked about mounds in america and, and creature sightings and and we've looked at all the woo and the weird and all these different areas just to prove that the giants were a thing you know um you know newspaper clippings and historical accounts and their leftover remains bones yeah. architecture all this stuff it takes all that to prove yeah there was this race of giants and you still have skeptics you still have a lot of people like oh these guys are nuts dude they're they're yeah. they're not they're not christians they're they're they're, they're misinterpreting the bible and all this other stuff yeah. so. I, I, want to, I, I yeah. want to make that point too nate is that we're not <laughs> we're not saying anything that isn't in the text right <laughs> this is what's mind-blowing right is that for thousands and thousands of years this is how the authors and the people that were reading the bible that was written to believed up through the time of christ believed these this was the way the universe worked this is the way that the world worked this is the way that these realms interacted this is how it is this is that they believed it was only yeah. in constant like augustine constantine and post that 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 humanity decided that oh that actually isn't what the text but that is what the text says right the Hebrew and then you go into the Greek translation the Septuagint this is what it says yep so if this is a problem you I mean you're hearing this for the first time this isn't something that Nate and Luke have made up or Tim Alberinos or anybody else when it comes to find these things in the biblical text this is actually what it says and what the text means and and, and it is so important that not only we understand why we believe things but where it comes from and what it is and this is the context of the text that defines our faith that is mm. the story of as tim albernu eloquently says of, of of god restoring humanity into the family of god and this is what mm. the bible is right it is god's 
creation of man and then restoration in, into his family. And but within this text, all these things, the, these these paradigms, Genesis six four, the seed war, the genealogy, what happened with Noah, the wiping out of the flood, the conquest of Joshua. It's not only until more much much more modern times that we decided to change the perception or the meaning of some of this based upon cultural, political, yeah. whatever it may be, because for thousands and thousands of years, up to the time of, of, of Jesus, us being Christians, Christ, this is the way they believe the world worked. And this is what it was. And this is what happened. And yeah. it became uncomfortable. Giants, as you put Smithsonian, giants became uncomfortable. That became metaphorical. Mm-hmm. Um, and there really wasn't any metaphorical about, about Goliath's four brothers or the Nephilim or the fact that God had to, had to wipe out you know, the earth in order to maintain yeah. you know, humanity and, 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 and a line for, for Jesus. So yeah. these are not, this is not, this is only feels far out because it's so far disconnected from what the text it's is ignored. It is. Yeah. Cause it's hard to digest. And like I said, people want to go into church and get a nice feel good pep talk and, and everything's easy and surfacey. They don't really want to hear the real stuff. Some people do, and that's why maybe they come to your show or whatever. And it's just funny because, like, providentially today, just in my Bible reading, completely random, not having to do with our podcast, but the chapter I was reading was when Saul goes to the witch at Endor. And it's, like, this crazy account that, like, most a lot of Christians today might just be like, oh, psychics aren't real or whatever. Here you have in the Bible, like, some characters, and there's, like, this very real weird, like, thing. So, and, well, and I- that – Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, I, I almost put this out the other day. Like, in the Bible, ancient people, they believed in conspiracy theories. They believed in government narratives. They mm-hmm. believed in ghost stories. These are all, you know, you, and you can prove that in the Bible, right? They yeah. thought Jesus walking on the water. They thought it was a ghost. <laughs> so they were telling ghost stories around the fire at night. The, the the government said, "Oh no, go get the body and tell them something else happened." So there's yeah. there's there's the government narrative. There's psyops happening in the in the Garden of Eden. Oh well, well God didn't say this; He said that. So yeah. you have you have all these things that are happening today that some people think that are just like, oh, don't think that way because then you're just some right wing crazy guy. It's like no, no, no right. psyops. You know, government narrative. Yeah, it's not a modern phenomenon. Stories, right, Nate? It's, yeah, these it's, are all old, very yeah. old. Yeah. Very yeah. old, and so yeah. and you they think... intentionally want you to look like that crazy right wing. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, CIA, the, the CIA has said that, that essentially they, they coined the term conspiracy theory in order to essentially squash yeah the counter or the truth, what they would call counter narrative, but the actual truth, right? In order, in, mm-hmm. in favor of their preferred narrative. Well, it's it's it's, it's it reminds me of, of Back to the Future, right? When Biff takes the time machine, there's a skewed alternate 1985, right? <laughs> And I think that you had people kind of always believing that there is a psyop going on. There is, there is this weird stuff happening. And then all of a sudden we skewed it to this, this post-enlightenment, academic, everything's rationally explained reality. And now people, because of things like the Internet and God's just working in the hearts of people and, and trying to give more truth to people, we're coming back into this supernatural way of, of seeing the world. Because more and more people are having experiences with creatures like Bigfoot, aliens. People are seeing UFOs. You can take your cell phone right now and go outside and film it at 120 frames per second. And in, in a couple minutes, we brought a guy on. And you can get, you can catch UFOs going because they fly outside of the human frames hmm. per second. 
And so we brought a guy on and said, anyone can film a UFO right now in their backyard with just their phone because now phones can capture, capture things that our eyes couldn't see for thousands of years, but now we're there. So technology is catching up to the supernatural, so to speak. Hmm. And so this podcast is becoming more and more relevant because people are having these experiences. But that alt, that skewed alternate 1985, so to speak, I think we're kind of coming out of it. And we're coming into the age of transhumanism. And people are starting to go, wait a minute, AI is taking over. Things are happening. Things are happening that, that sound a lot like the original rebellion and the golden age and, and the pre-flood world when you had the height of technology and humans were sort of caught in between these realms and that stuff. Who built the pyramids? And every, people are starting to watch this stuff. And, and even Joe Rogan's talking about it. Even Joe oh, yeah. Rogan is saying things that are just starting to blow minds. And he's the, he's the biggest podcast in the world. So yeah. if he's talking about it, we're starting to see, I think we're coming into this convergence of, of well, what, what narrative of the supernatural do you believe again? Do you believe that, you know, like the great awakening is going to happen and we're all going to, you know, transcend to humanity 2.0, like a lot of the new agers talk about in the, in the, in sort of the channels behind the surface on our, in our world? Mm -hmm. Or do you believe that, you know, Christ is the king of kings and we're all made in his image and he's, he's, he's calling the chickens home. So uh, I think you're going to have these dueling narratives and you're going to have a lot of people deceived when I think eventually whatever they're ramping up with this UFO narrative kind of comes down. Sorry, that was a lot in, in one little rant, but yeah. uh, we see all these things happening at the one and it seems to be funneling. Humans are being corralled and the yeah. narrative is being pushed on us. And I think Luke and I have a heart to tell Christians like, hey, embrace the weird because it's, it's here and it's yeah. only getting hotter. I mean, weirder. dude, the, the, the whole like wokeism thing, which I can easily draw a line to like these narratives you're talking about and stuff. It's even like creeping into the hunting industry, which is crazy. It's very, very conservative for the most part industry, but um, certain big conglomerate companies are like starting to get um, like some transgender propaganda or like some homosexual people into to try to normalize it, you know? And like I, I made a post the other day and got a little bit of backlash about it. But it's like I don't. It's it seems like this industry that I'm kind of in is one of like the last like bastions. It's like not just completely like like infiltrated by like the wokeism and all this narrative and stuff. Yeah. But uh, it's starting to. It's starting to be, and uh, it's it's strange. That's, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, just eating meat. There's a whole psyop about eating meat. You know. Yeah. I mean. I mean it's it's they're that trying. stuff is super fascinating to me man just the whole just how it it sounds so cliche and stupid but just how everything is so interconnected and how there really is like good and evil and like there's this struggle mm -hmm. and like in the spirit realm there's really no neutral there you're either there's one no, team or the other you can't sit on the <laughs> sidelines there's no. no yeah there's no there's no watching that's no, and I, I think that's part of what's one of the things the I talk about. Yeah, one thing I talk about though is like <laughs> the idea that like we talk about Ephesians saying that we should not participate in the acts of darkness but expose them because people will come at us mm. and say, "Oh, you guys are just you guys just get fascinated. You're enamored with the darkness, and you know you want to tell spooky stories or talk about you know the, the dark." And it's like, no, that isn't it at all. In 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 fact, I, I think that's. It's it's about exposing your enemy. Like as you said, there is n there's no neutral ground. 
Mm-hmm. You don't you don't get to stay neutral. And in, in fact, you know, Nate brought up Nazi Germany, but it was those people that stayed neutral the longest that thought they were going to escape. Guess what yeah. they did? They didn't. Netherlands. Uh, no, you. Uh, I think part of what's important about understanding the weird stuff and and in the Bible is part of understanding our faith. Part of understanding the weird stuff surrounding us and contextualizing that, understanding those things that are evil, is understanding our enemy, and mm-hmm. because I think that wakes people up. For sure. You are you were born into a battle. This is there is a there is a cosmic battle that is playing out around us and continues to play around out around us. Yeah, and you can very well as a Christian or as someone who doesn't believe, you can absolutely put your head in the sand um, and pretend that's not the case. But by God, if you open your eyes and look around you, as you talk about, just look at what's what's being pushed on on the media, um, whether it be social media or TV, print doesn't matter what's being pushed on our children. You, you can't help but see there's an agenda that isn't a good yeah. agenda. No. It isn't a it's anti-God. No, it, it absolutely is. And once you see that, you everything should become binary in that point. You know, it's good or bad. There is no in between. Mm-hmm. And and I think as as Christians, binary interesting choice of words there. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, hey, come on now, I've been <laughs> around a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I think as as Christians, we need to be not only aware of that, but on the offensive yeah. in a lot of ways it, it is it behooves behooves the kingdom nil for us not to be yeah. to take to take hold of our faith and to advance the kingdom well in a lot of ways these subjects have been so ignored for so long it's like we need guys like you that maybe do have to spend an inordinate amount of time you know in there but we need that because there's nowhere else people can find well, it. Well, people people have like a 3D view of, the, of reality, right? So whatever I can, whatever I can see, taste, and touch is, exists. And you look at us, you look at a, like a ancient uh, historical, um, just time period, like like you're saying Nazi Germany, right? You think about, oh, it's just a dictator who's trying to take over the world. But you look at it in a 40 space. You look at this guy doing occult practices and trying to do specific so things, and. You know, why is he killing off a certain race of people? And what, what's going on here? It's a spiritual thing. And so yeah. you have these historians in our last hundred years who've there's a crazy psyop going on in terms of if everything is just this rational explanation. And, you know, everything is is easy. But we often say we're an alternate history show because you control the history, you control the future. And so many people are asleep. To, oh, yeah. this, to this other dimension that's happening all around us that influences our dimension. And so there is a supernatural war. It's been going on. God's been interested in human leaders since the dawn of time. And I tell this to my friends all the time. They're like, how could, how could you ever vote for X and Y politician? That person, I'm like, listen, <laughs> listen, God uses flawed individuals all oh, the yeah. time. All he needs is somebody who's willing to do his will, which is – human flourishing and human freedom it's always been about human freedom and human flourishing if god's if god's going to use a man who's who, christian or not who's going to help humans be free yes. we've been given dominion and domain here we're going to be free so it comes down to you want to go out in your backyard and shoot an animal and, and provide meat for your family that's a that's a that's about freedom right mm-hmm. and they're trying to lock us out of all these things that make us free energy 100 food sources and and you you start to see this 4d world around us and you go everything is spiritual everything's supernatural and nothing is boring and luke and i talk about a lot of things that aren't boring like i don't bore me with the bible don't bore me with this world don't bore me with your theology it, it wasn't boring then and it's not boring now but you've you've 
you you just created a snooze fest for your churchgoers, and we're not we're not going to. Yeah, we've dumbed down the miraculous, and I touched on this earlier, but think about if you as a Christian, you believe in a resurrected Christ that came back from the dead, that yeah. was immaculately conceived. Like we we've we have so whitewashed and and, and watered down the the miraculous and, and cosmic nature of our of our faith and mm-hmm. to make it seem common or, or, or ho-hum. And as Nate said, I just love what you just said, man. It is, there's nothing, nothing boring. And there's nothing unmiraculous about, about our faith or about the God we serve. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, we, as we, as we sort of expose the darkness, cause light is the, is the ultimate equalizer. It's what completely exposes that. You expose the darkness. I mean, you realize that this is, it is piddly that, that we serve Christ, the King on the throne, King of Kings. Right. And yeah. and his Holy spirit lives inside of us. So every time we set foot in, in, in the darkness, we are declaring war upon that place. And we have the conqueror of, of the universe living inside of us. Like, come yeah. on now. Like it, yeah. It's not stuff we need to be afraid of. Now, do we need, we need to be sure that God's calling us to the battles he's calling us to. I always want to qualify that. But this is not stuff to be afraid of. This is this is this is about walking in in, in our birth, as Tim would say, in our birthright and in, in our calling and in, in in understanding that we're that we are the imagio, that we bear the image of the of the of the living God. And um and I think a lot of this stuff becomes a little less scary, not not less concerning. Because it affects us and our families and our children, um, but less scary. Mm-hmm. Because you sort of disarm it when you when you when you pull when you pull back the curtain. Yeah, and you realize, man, it's the same. It's nothing new in the sun. It's the same deceptions repackaged, yeah. repurposed, resold to humanity, and that and that you know they use fear in order to keep us in chains. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I I remember when I first. Especially when it, when you start getting into, like you said, like the psyops and um, just governments and how some of the institutions, like in our own government, even are um, I don't know to put it lightly compromised, I guess, or you could even say evil. <laughs> and it's hard because, like you said, you know, I, I love America and I like I'm patriotic, but at the same time, it's like. And you go into the Smithsonian, and I live in D.C., basically, so you go into the Smithsonian, and they present evolution as stone-cold fact. Like, every sign in there, there's a statue of Darwin in there. Like, um, And it's easy to get kind of discouraged, but then I kind of felt like the Lord saying to me, like, um, what makes America great is not the powers and the government, because they are in many cases, not always, but in many cases corrupt. But what makes America great is the people of America. And that's, you know, we, the people. Um, and I think the vast or the majority of Americans are still good people. And even the ones that might be a little misguided, but all that to say, like, how do you guys, given that you spend, you do spend quite a bit of time dealing with these really heavy topics and stuff. Um, and maybe we can, you know, we're coming up on uh, over an hour here. So I want to respect y'all's time. How do you guys um, stay positive, stay um, not too bogged down by all this heavy stuff you have to deal with? I mean, I, I have kids, so that always helps. You know, we just <laughs> we, we run around and <laughs> we play help. games. And, you know, my kids ask me to do a, a lot of blurry questions, though. And um, 
but you know, like it's weird. I'll be doing this all day long and and getting in these rabbit holes, and then I have a, my kid coming in. And he's like, "Dad, let's go, let's go for a bike ride, or let's go swimming." That's awesome. You know, let's catch a squirrel, or let's 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 go find some turtles at the park. You know, so it's like. Next time you catch a squirrel, try eating it. They're delicious. <laughs> you do not eat Merle. They have a pet squirrel. My kids. Oh my yes, kids, my kids have a pet squirrel. So he's he's outside now. He just comes and goes on on his own. But he's okay. he's he's friendly to. It. But you know what I'm saying? It's like having kids is helpful because you got to get back into that childlike wonder for sure. Um, and you want to protect their innocence, and you kind of go like, God, I need. I don't know a lot more prayer, a lot more just mm-hmm. like God, you're right here, mm-hmm. and I feel overwhelmed. I feel afraid. I feel confused. A lot more converse, conversations with God, and I think that's that's helpful. And I think all the the ancient, you know, stories of, of they had their moments. You know, they were mm-hmm. bored. They were walking around the wilderness. They were confused. I don't think that any Christian that God used or any person ever knew exactly what God was doing. They had an inclination, but they didn't know. Like I don't think Noah knew ev- anything really. I think he right. knew. I, he didn't know how the water was coming. He didn't know when the water was coming. He didn't know right. necessarily why the water was coming. But he had an inclination like, oh, the water's coming. I need to do this thing. And he probably struggled. Yeah. Probably mentally it was hard for him. Like, what do I – he's building this thing. He's in year 50 building a boat, and he's probably just, like, pissed yeah. and, ang- and angry and confused. His wife's like, well, you're still building this thing? God's not going <laughs> to – you know? Yeah, and, usually and, faith is like a Kleenex box. You don't get the yeah. next step till you pull the first one out. <laughs> yeah, I just think we're human beings having a human experience, you know. And it's and it's it's all it's just it's not pretty all the time. And you know, Luke and I are, are, are you know we get grumpy like anybody else, and we're trying to slog through this stuff. And I just think it what it what it really has done for me is just made me realize like I'm just I'm just another guy with my own problems and my own desires and my own things all mixed up into this this human body i'm a spiritual being in this human body and i'm doing my best and yeah i just need to i just need to talk to you more about it because my tendency is to bottle it up Mm. deal with it internally and then it comes out in weird ways but the more i just open up and say god i know you're here in the middle of this i'm struggling with this i'm thinking this i you know i'm i'm you know i'm i need your help and i don't understand why and I think that's just all all I've done more because of the show. And I think that's all we can do, really, is try to have more of a, a, a deeper relationship with our creator. And that's a good word. And 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 I think he wants to hear from us. And I really think that he I think God cares about every little thing in our lives, you know? Even the silly stuff. And I think um that's what's been cool about the show is is I've I've realized that, you know, all people in the Bible had a hard time. There was no one that had a had an easy road. And and in those hard times we learn and we grow a lot. So that's where 100%. I'm at. That's where Good I'm word, at. Man. I like that. Yeah, I'm I was echo Nate. I mean, it's about having a practice, right? It's like anything else. It's uh I think the more that you you expose what's going on. I think it be some of it can become overwhelming in some ways. Um, but I, I think it's about getting back grounded and understanding, you know, who you are and, and who you are is who God says you are. And, and that's, that's a small thing, but a very important thing. Um, and just making, making, making that time and that practice 
the time with that you spend to recharge you're alone and it's just you um they got time to connect with god and and, and I think honestly, my eyes have been open in the same way that a lot of people that are on this journey have been and, and understand there's a lot, as Nate would say, that we're there's a lot of 4D chess going on around us. And I think the more you see that, the more the more you can intentionally pray, pray and ask and, and be in prayer about the things that are happening around you, to you, to your family, to the people you love, to the to your neighbors, people you don't know. I mean it, it becomes a lot more evident and um you know, I, I feel like there's a greater responsibility in some ways put on us because uh, of sort of the the gifts we've been given, the places that we've been able to go with this and the people we've been able to talk to. And so I, I don't know. I think if you don't, if you don't continually plug in um, with God, I, I, I think, I don't know how it just as anybody, you know, walking through the, t- the times that we live in. And this is probably not unlike a lot of people live in the Roman Empire and had and had bad things happening. And said, I don't want to make it sound like we we are live, do live in a unique time, but it's not unique to, as we talked about, to the the cosmic battle of good and evil that's happening around us, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, like Nate said, it's like spending time with my son. I have an 11-month-old son and, and my oh, wife. Nice. And, and, um, and, and I think the more that you become awake to to the things that are happening around you and whether your eyes, maybe you wake up, your eyes are open. I, I think it's so, so important and helpful to reassess your own, uh, your own economy in the sense of putting on top of that, uh, on top of that, that economy, things that matter the most. And, and that should be your relationship with God and then your family and, and not the other things, right? There's other things sometimes are the things that, that are used to pull people away for sure. And so I, I think it's a good, it's a good healthy perspective and, and, and I know for Nate and I, we just want to keep learning. So it's about continuing to drive this forward and ask questions and, and learn more and 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 try to get deeper and try to and try to understand um, and more about this world that happens around us in the context of of the things that we know to be very the only things we know to be true. Right? We live yeah. in, a, in a time where there are no absolutes, and that is such the antithesis of of, of the economy of God and the personage of God and of the, of the biblical text is that there is an absolute truth. If we don't ground ourselves there, um, then it's pretty easy to be blown on any which way, as the Bible says, the winds can blow you any which way if you're not anchored. So that's been, that's been my thing is, is being anchored. And honestly, the other thing is being grateful. And this is gonna be a very short aside, but like, I'm in this weird season of just, uh, of Thanksgiving. A lot of times Jesus talks about praying and starting by being thankful. And, and I think oftentimes we, we get caught up in what's next and not what we don't have, especially in the, in the West. Totally. But uh, I've been in this, in this few months of reflection on, on being grateful for what's been given and what I do have, what's been given to me. Um, and again, in, in the economy, our own personal economies, it's the things that matter most. And, and so that's an amazing way to, to not have FOMO, to not, to not be, <laughs> to, to, to be content and, and 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 to really appreciate your father for the good gifts he's given you is is to recount those things you're grateful for, yeah. um, mm-hmm. especially when amidst the you know when you, when you tread in the midst of, dark, of things that are dark is being like man I'm so grateful for my family my son and my wife and my parents and and my church and that I have a house and that you know I've got a, a truck I can drive I mean these these just elementary things I think we take for granted and and that's a, such a an amazing paradigm shift to just sit and thank God for those things that he's given to you. Cause I think we take them for granted and that's, 100%. that's all, that's my little tiny soap soapbox, but that's kind of where I've no, been that's great, man. trying to marinate. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, 
yeah, he, he's a good father. And so that's, that's, you know, where we can find our hope and he's not going to leave us out in the cold getting tortured by a dog, man. I don't think. That's right. but uh anyway guys man i could talk to you guys for hours but i want to respect y'all's time and let you get to those families help you let's help you disconnect and and i'm gonna do the same so it's great having you guys really appreciate y'all's time thanks hunter you have a great name oh thanks man (laughs) it's like my destiny man yeah you could be the you could backup catcher for an mlb team <laughs> backup catcher, bullpen catcher. Yeah. That's all I get. <laughs> backup catcher. Yeah, you, could be a, you could be a third baseman in the eighties. You're still you're, you're still playing every 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 three days. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Host of a hunting TV show. That's or host. I like that. I think we got to think we got to go there. Yeah. No, I mean, if you, I was saying, if you weren't a hunter, you would, you could have been a baseball player. I could, no problem. I could see that. I could see that. Dude, I could see you could be like an urgent news guy. Like, let's go to Hunter McWaters there on the scene. What do you see? <laughs> I almost. Kind of went down that path when I was at CBN, but um, yeah. Anyway, it was yeah, good right. catching up with you guys. That wasn't yeah. a dig. I, I I like no no no. I just <laughs> love those. I love those MLB names. You know, they're always like, like Carney Lansford. It's like their parents knew my kid's gonna be a baseball player. I gotta name him something fun, <laughs> like yeah. Austin Cody or something. It's like Spike's, it's a cowboy name. Spikes McGee. You know, he's just <laughs> he, he's gonna play baseball. You know. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, or he's going to be a NASCAR racer, one of the yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Just... Well, thanks, man. This yeah, fun. thank you, guys. Yeah. I appreciate y'all. Let's go elk hunting. As long Dude. As, we, as long as we have a shot, man. Do you guys hunt at all? I like to eat meat. I like to buy. I like I'm the a lot of bird hunting. I've been, <laughs> I've been trying to get someone to take me elk hunting because I love to eat okay. elk. Well, so. I, Luke, I have, um, I have a Montana General Rifle Elk Tag this year. That I'm gonna try to fill, and I was gonna try to actually go to Bozeman and meet up with Alberino while I'm out there. Gotta Maybe do we should just have a blurry elk fest. That'd be amazing, dude. <laughs> that sounds good to me. That sounds. That sounds do you awesome. live anywhere near Montana? Oh, you live in Tennessee. We're in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I go to, I'm going. To, I go to Montana. These. Well, I, I try to go at least once a year to go fishing. So I'll be there we in do. September. We do know a few portals between Tennessee and. And Montana, though. Oh, so. Montana. Yeah, we'll, we'll hop in the old portal. Yeah. Mount, yeah. We'll, get go, we'll go to Mound City. We'll see you there. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going? Do you want to go elk hunting because you actually want to kill an elk or you want to see a UFO abduct an elk and do experiments on it? Um, that's weird. Both. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> well, I'm doing another elk hunt in New Mexico, which okay. is heard like, that's awesome you know, down there too. a blurry yeah. type area and very good elk hunting. What's your favorite meat? Blacktail. Sitka blacktail from Alaska. Really? It's those deer have never even seen a farm or a GMO crop, every like a pesticide, nothing. They they live and die their entire lives and only eat natural stuff and the meat is just amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. Besides and what about American American meat? Well, that's that's can't that's Alaska, so it's still American, but you know, um, north of traditionally like Russian, lower okay. 48, yeah. Traditionally Russian. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, they're all good, really. Um Mule deer is good. They're all good. Elk's good. Antelope is really good. I don't know. They're all good. I don't really have a favorite, to be honest. Moose? I have never actually had moose, but I've heard good things. Yeah. The you thing know. is, if you if you that's care more for... Can, that's more of a Canada. Yeah. We do have a surprising number. Like, when we were in Idaho, we saw a insane amount of elks. I mean, moose sign everywhere. Like, everywhere. Oh. Um, we do have a pretty good population of moose in the lower 48. It's a different subspecies of the Alaska moose, but... Um, Pretty much any meat, if you handle it properly and cook it properly, is good. 
Would you I've eat never a, had a bad meat. Would you eat a Sasquatch burger? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> if I'll eat anything if it's cooked, to be honest. But um, and some things if they're raw. But I have started asking because that is an interesting question. If it's an interesting thought experiment that I've been asking a lot of my guests lately is if you saw Bigfoot, would you shoot it? Because if initially you're just like, oh yeah, sure. But if you think about it, like you would be super famous, but you'd also probably be like one of the most hated people on earth. Oh, yeah. Like you'd get constant death threats. Like there's so like many weird four, psychos would come out of the woodwork just trying to kill you and stuff. If you don't get disappeared by somebody too, because true. The, yeah, there's definitely a, a bunch of stories that that's happened. There's a few legendary ones and the names and all this, and it's all hotly debated. But yeah, I mean, that's a joke. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't want to kill one, and they definitely are more in the human range. So it's, it's yeah. I don't strange. think I would. I don't think I would shoot it. I would try to take a picture before I would shoot it. I don't think. Yeah, it's almost like it's its own weird. I'm just curious about types of meat because because I know that they're coming after the meat sources, and I'm like, I'm going to have to become a hunter here eventually because it's going to be like the underground railroad. You just like people yep. passing meat middle of the night, dropping meat off at people's houses and running steaks. There's something very satisfying about <laughs> sitting around the table watching your family eat meat that you took. It's gonna, I think it's going to be illegal. Woods. I think it's going to be illegal. Is that? Well, dude, the the woke people are trying to make it illegal. Like like Oregon just banned spring bear hunting. It's it just like anything else. It's a progression. They start with the low hanging fruit and they try to progressively take more and more rights. And it's it's a constant fight. Yeah. Dude, Nate, you're gonna get stopped and they're gonna say, Are "You smuggling meat in your shorts?" Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's not even gonna be a joke. It's not. I know. Be, it's not even gonna be funny. Little they know, the gingers it goes all the <laughs> way back to Gen Six. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gingers. Oh well, no, we dig- we like to digress as speaking well. Speaking of so. speaking of, and that is and stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> yeah. But there there are stories of guys shooting them, and then like the government comes and takes them. Allegedly. Oh yeah, yeah. There's been a couple where, like, you know, a couple yeah. hunters have taken them. A couple. One guy shot one legendary story. He shot like a, it's like a mom and a couple, and then he shot. I think he shot a juvenile one. Stashed it under a tree. Came back later and it was gone. Oh man. Tried to go back and you know pack it out later in the middle of the night because he was afraid that he was going to get stopped. And there's some there's some weird stories of hunters killing them. Um, well, game and fish would almost certainly take it. Because there's been like in Texas, they have all these free ranging like um, exotic species. And one guy just recently killed like a red stag, which is like from I don't even know some other country that was escaped a ranch and it was on national forest in Texas, and they confiscated it because there was no red stag season. Mm. In the, so they would definitely take it. But fortunately, I've always have like high powered lenses and huge cameras with me anytime I'm hunting back there. So. I'll just reach for that instead of the rifle if I ever see him. Well, this shoot is like few, shoot a few pictures. Yeah. It's yeah. a video. Video. There you go. Yeah, they, I mean the, the tech's catching up. That's for sure. My brother's a hunter. That's why I say that because when I was getting into Bigfoot back in t- 2012, you know, he hotly just debated me about this stuff. Like, yeah, you know, I think hunters are some of the most open and closed-minded. It's a really mixed bunch of hunters because they're. They're the pros. I'm out there. I know everything. You know, yeah. there's no Sasquatch. It's like, well, you don't know what you're not. You don't even know to look for a thing out there. Yeah, yeah. could have. You could have passed it so many times and have no clue. It's sand right there. Mm-hmm. So 
Some people are looking at them and they don't even see it. I mean, I've seen photos and people send them all the time and you look at it and you look at it for five minutes and finally you're like, okay, I think I see something there. I think I see some eyes. But imagine that happened in real life. You're, they blend in so well, but oh, anyway, yeah. we could talk all day long about yeah. it. I just think it's yeah. funny. Well, thanks. It is. Yeah. Thank thanks, you guys. Yeah. Hunter McWaters. Appreciate you guys. Rock Corningstone. Hunter McWaters on the scene. <laughs> On the sports scene. <laughs> yeah you can start it you could just, you could start a little like like you're out in the woods and you start your own little like news show out in the middle of the woods i'm hunter i'm hunter mcwaters and i'm out here you know yeah. panda <laughs> watch it smells could, like bigfoots <laughs> yeah. yeah it could be like a tiktok that. sensation you know you're the only you're the only news reporter in the middle of wyoming sounds like indian food yeah, <laughs> yeah used diaper filled with indian yeah, food that's right. <laughs> love that movie yeah, all, right. Right. all right well thanks man Good Thank time. you guys. Thanks, Alex.